0: Welcome to another episode of Svi Ails und Hockey Tales with Wally. And today I am so excited to have on a 48-year-old, an oct and fierce fyrt- year old from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. His hockey journey has taken him to Canada, Sweden, and he is a legend of Germany after 13 years of mucking it up, including over 260 DEL spiels. But his muck running started way back in the mid-90s when he put up 100 points and was named a second-team all-star with St. Boniface Saints. He then dominated with the University of Manitoba and even laced up for Team Canada in the Universiade. And he was there for a couple seasons before spreading his hockey wings and heading for Oribro in Sweden and then promptly found a home in Deutschland and has never left. We're talking since 98, folks. Started himself in the third league and worked his way right to the top after running amuck in the old honey hole landsuit, suit, vaulting himself to the DEL and mucked it up with Ingolstadt for years and became a Pokal champion. He also then found a home with the big budget Castle Huskies and they promptly tried to buy a championship and did just that, becoming Deutsche Meisters. <laughs> Like yours truly, and then for fun headed back to where it all started in Duisburg. And also for fun that year, had the most apples and points by a D-man or a Fatidiger, folks, in the league. Welcome to the back deck, Brad Burham. Is it Burham?
1: Yeah, you've done your homework. Uh very good. I'm very, very happy to be here and happy to join your podcast. I've actually been uh, looking at your podcast, and I think it was actually quite wild that uh, in your last few episodes, you you interviewed a few ex-buddies of mine. And uh, Isn't that um, the small world? It is. Uh, the ice hockey world is small. And just looking at your career as well, your successful career, it's actually funny just with how many guys that right. uh, that we've crossed paths with.
0: So your research team got hot too? Because we could start <laughs> babe Drops. Yeah, yeah. Uh, last minutes. Well, you know what, I get into how we know each other to start, and uh, we have had some good banter back and forth on the old Honey Hole Insta because uh, (laughs) when you told me to suck it, (laughs) when I posted the photo of you guys winning a castle, it made me, well, it got the competitive juices flowing again, you know? I wish I was back out there mucking it up again, playing game (laughs) five all over again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was quite the series. That was really quite the series. Um. It was, a, it was interesting. I wish it would have been best of seven, but um, it was a strange one because you guys were very much favored to win. Yeah. But then the games you won, like you smashed us like five, six, nothing. And then the two games we won were like one, nothing, two, one, and we just greased them out. And then it comes yeah. down to one game for all the marbles. And yeah. one of, that was one, one of the most, in, oh, one of the most intense hockey matches I've ever been a part of.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that game you uh, looking back on it in castle like if we wouldn't have won that game the team would have went bankrupt like we were we were really all chips to get back to the DEL and uh I don't even want to think of what would have happened and how much money everybody would have lost if we actually would have lost that game and we were we were heavy heavy favorites as we were actually the year before we were heavy heavy favorites against Wolfsburg and we lost and yeah then coming uh, to play against you guys in the final we knew it was going to be tough but I don't like we didn't think it would be that tough um, that tough deciding game overtime and uh,
0: I still remember like that was my first year in Germany that's a long time ago we're talking what two thousand seven, eight, and I still remember when we were going into overtime and like we went in for the intermission and like you're all sitting around looking at each other. Like we're going into overtime and whoever scores next is (laughs) going to win.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It was, was, uh, the pressure was on and it was more so on us than on you guys. I mean, if you guys would have won, nobody expected you guys to win that year. No, Uh, you guys had a great season, but you guys had some phenomenal hockey players on that team.
0: Well, when you think of how we weren't picked to be up there, when you look at our roster, We had three lines of imports and older Germans that could all play, and we could roll three lines, no problem about it. And we also had five to six D-men that could play. Um, And we had a fourth line of kids that, you know, when they got out there, they mucked it up. But, like, to think that, you know you guys were really good for us to not even be considered in the mix to win that series. Like we had a squad. And what I love about that team was it brought back my love of hockey after North America and playing with the land guys. They made hockey fun again. They were all yeah. in it together. It wasn't about the goals and assists. It was about winning the games and being a team. And it was, it was awesome.
1: So I actually played uh, years and years back, actually with a lot of the guys you guys played with on that team. Yeah. The same. I mean, that, was, that was my last year before, uh, yeah, eventually getting a German passport and then bolting to the DEL. But like I had played with the uh, hammer and, and. Hammer. Hammer and Geipel. The dog uh,
0: hammer and hammer. And then. Um also- was there. I
1: I played with Daphner in uh, castle. Uh Belty was there. I didn't play with Belty, but I knew like you guys had Camille Tupal, I played with. I, you the, guys ice, had, uh,
0: the ice hockey god. <laughs> ice was hockey he god. the ice hockey god yet when you played with him? Because when I played uh, with him, yeah, he they was, announced them he was the ice hockey god. He was he was way back then. I actually saw
1: the ice hockey god in April. In I was in in Lancet in April. It was actually good to see him. I actually phoned up. Hundhammer, but Hundhammer couldn't beat me on that trip. But I actually played against uh uh in a charity game against uh, Camille in, in April in
0: Lancer. Is that 18. with the poster pick of the old timers from Germany where I called the yeah. old balls? Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> that one. So it was with the old timers Germany, and actually he was playing with the old timers uh with the Czech team.
0: So and, he, he would have played with the Czech team because he was sure he was in yeah, Germany a long yeah. time.
1: But he played uh, He played with the Czech team, and uh, yeah, they had some pretty good hockey players. Like Vaklav Nederos was there, and Pavel Brendel was there. and That would have been a fun it game a, to play it a, fun, right? it a fun couple nights in, in Lansuit, for sure, as it always is with that group.
0: Yeah, no kidding. So is that like the same time as when they were celebrating the 70-something years or something of Lansuit hockey? Uh,
1: yeah, that was a year before, I believe. Yeah, so this was just something completely different.
0: Oh, okay, because just, I just uh, was thinking it's a small world because Hammer sent me the photo of him and all the mafia at that get-together in Lansuit. I was thinking it was related, but man, they <laughs> Lansuit's a hockey town, isn't it?
1: Lansuit is a hockey town, and it, absolute the Lansuiter Mafia, they run everything in German hockey. Older she runs the U18 team. Yeah, Cooney Christian Kunast is up there with the DEB you know they they brought in a coach this carl i don't even know what his name is he runs all the the coaches there and uh i mean it really is the landsouter mafia running german ice hockey so but all <laughs> great guys and um yeah i played actually with most of them to be quite honest with you it's part so yeah I, the
0: ones i had written down here yet hundi hammer two of my favorites yeah. Silerama, yeah. Max Siler. So and my man, funny I, school, he was he would have been a kid then because when I played with him, he was mid-20s. But fun yeah. fact, when I went to uh, the Llama Bar, we went in the semis, we're going to the finals. He might have been hurt, but when we're celebrating, sweeping the semis and we're going to the finals, I saw him break a glass after he drank the beer. He broke it <laughs> and then ate it. <laughs> ate the glass. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I I mean to be quite honest with you, I mean that team when I so when I played in Landsuit, I think we lost maybe five games the entire year. That that year, because we not it fun it, winning. <laughs> oh god. I and I had three years like that. I had the two years with Castle in the second league and the and the year in Landsuit. The year in Landsuit our team was so ridiculous that we actually so we we beat Dresden in the semi-final to go to the final to play California. The weekend before California we went on a ski trip because the snow was better. So Bernie engelbrecht was our coach and the whole team. Uh we 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 went to, I think it was T-Roll. Final, yeah. like literally five days before the final began, and we were. I guess, as you would say, mucking it up in, in T-Roll, just getting out. So it be polluted.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, Having a time.
1: The and then we swept the final and, yeah, moved up.
0: <laughs> and I guess that's how I end up playing in Lansuit when they're back in the second league then, right?
1: So, yeah. Yeah. So, that would have been, so when I would have played against you, then that would have been. So after after
0: that year, I went to Ingolstadt in the DEL. And then I was there yeah. for three years. three years. And another years. Hey, you're getting way ahead of yourself. You just slow down. I got, I, the research team got real hot here. Okay. But, um, that, uh, I, you know what, I'm going back to the final game. We're going to get this off my chest before we move on today. I wore my Beatingham Steelers Deutsche Meister hat and shirt yeah. for the first time since I had my cutoff jeans at the parade. And, um, and, I uh, just wanted to let you know, I did win the next year, you know? Um, but, uh, that was there. a heartbreaker. Um, when, That does happen. I always say winning is the opposite of losing. And that last goal, like it changes history. It changed that you guys were then DL players and we were not. Um, It changed that like we were always considered second place and you guys won. And it was all over one goal. And what was interesting is another guy you played with when the research team got hot also got two penalties in that overtime. Gunter Oswald.
1: Ozzy. Another one of the uh Landsuit Mafia. Lansuit Mafia, yeah.
0: And, uh, I saw he's running years. things for Red Bull Munich in uh like their junior league under 20 or something.
1: The last time I saw Ozzy, he was I think he was with the Red Bulls, but the Red Bull Salzburg team running their junior program. I don't know. It could be that he's now in Munich.
0: Oh no, sorry, doing... I meant I meant Salzburg. Uh, you're yeah. right. I was thinking Red Bull. I got you know, they're everywhere. Do people still drink Red Bull? <laughs> yeah, i guess red, so. bull
1: vodka. red bull vodka as they pull it out keep the night going but he uh actually his son is actually a really good hockey player rising up to the ranks as well so you're probably going to see him in the next couple of years
0: his son fight really mm-hmm. um another good guy wow well, just they say jeans are a thing but yeah, yeah. aussie was a dandy um it's too bad he took two penalties in the four-on-four four overtime. We killed the first one four-on-three. Um, another, you know, soft spot for me is, you know, it's the final game of the final series. And um, you're talking, we got to play four-on-four? Four? Why don't we play five-on-five five and keep playing till somebody wins?
1: Yeah, to be honest, uh, my recoll- recollection from that night is that it was just, it was really, really tight. And I remember going up for the overtime just thinking, God, Keep it simple, stupid. Mm-hmm. Don't do anything, and don't get walked. Whatever you do, yeah, being a D man. Because you guys had some pretty good forwards, and uh, the last thing you would want to do is, especially in a game like that, uh, be the guy that made the mistake. Right? <laughs> you don't, exactly. Yeah. So I mean, when Bannister scored on that one timer, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, the whole. I think the whole city erupted. It was
0: just. It was, uh, you know, it, it that castle arena it, it can rock and um, yeah. when that's my first year in german hockey and we are playing in games like that um hockey really had never been so fun and exciting and when those crowds get going and they're chanting their songs and the drums are going and like you're playing in the finals for the german championship that's about as fun as it gets yeah so, until you lose yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> exactly. But we I honestly, that team in Castle, we you know, the funny thing is with that team in Castle is that in in many ways, losing the first year because of the contracts they were handing out was probably better for a lot of us, including myself, uh, than winning it and going back to the DL right away. Because I mean that that first year we we so we got relegated from the DEL we we lost against uh, actually Duisburg of all teams, and then we we went to the second league and the goal was the mission was to go back up to go all back way. Back up and so that that year actually Stefan Riche um, actually I to go back one step before that before I even came to Castle so I came to Castle from the Hanover Scorpions and the Hanover Scorpions. The player going in the other direction was kind of a trade. You know, what the player going in the other direction was no Dominic Hammer. Really, yeah. I
0: saw he was on both teams that year. That yeah. really, well,
1: I wasn't. Uh, I was having a rough time and had over not playing a whole lot. And uh, he
0: was doing the same in Castle, and they flip and, flopped.
1: And, and, and Lansuit was in Castle, Bernie Engelbrecht, and he. Uh, convinced me with a ridiculous contract to come over for that year and the next year in castle so I, I signed like a year and a half uh deal and my first thing was to my agent my agent was like uh, i told my agent well you know castle might might get relegated and there's no del clause and my agent looked at looked at me and said like are you like are you stupid i mean for that money you play wherever whatever happens and actually it it was a good thing because you know we ended up losing that year. We get relegated. And um, you know, I remember getting called into the owner's office that year. So actually, after I came to Castle, two weeks later, the guy who actually brought me to Castle gets gets fired. Bernie gets caught fired, and Stefan Riche, who's now running things in Berlin, gets gets called to Castle uh to try to save us. He didn't save us, but actually he was then named coach and GM the next year and uh you know, he was a guy, German legend, and what he's done in the DEL in the last year is he's won everywhere he was, but like he, I don't think he had any clue to be quite
0: honest with you, with salaries in the second league, because uh, the money that they that they I, gave... I, I know. I We were playing, you guys. We know. Yeah. Um, like, um, that, I found it interesting though, because in Germany, when you lose, like, they blame you. They blame players. Um, it's kind of like how I left Beatingheim, I guess. But um, anyways, like you guys got relegated from the DL. And then I yeah. saw there was a f- bunch of you that they brought back for the second league, that Kraft, um, who had played in the show. And yeah. I didn't realize that they would stick with guys because most teams in Germany is once you get relegated, they're clean in house with the imports.
1: Yeah. I was shocked to be quite honest like we had drew Matt, we basically are the entire D crew uh, like I was the first guy to resign and to be honest I was a little bit shocked because riche wasn't to be he wasn't really my biggest fan but you know when I went in to meet the owner the owner was uh, his name was Reiner Lippi at the time and that cat I'll never forget going into his office right after the season because then he said okay brad we want to resign you and i was like okay fine Reiner perfect you know I, but there's no need to resign because i already have a contract that was valid and so he goes no we have you know the clauses in there it was only for the deal i said no it wasn't so he gets the secretary his secretary goes grabs my contract comes back he's reading that my contract line by line and his face is getting redder and redder (laughs) the point is honestly his face is redder than a baboon's ass like you so he looks at me and he says to me okay brad we can't we can't pay you this in the second league because (laughs) you'd be willing to be flexible i said yeah sure ryan i'll be flexible call my agent so i left the room call my agent my and my agent says okay this is what we're going to try we're going to try for three years with about 15 percent less on your salary and I was like, yeah, okay, great idea. And they were like, right away, sure, we're going to do it. It's perfect. And, basically, and then you got a three-year deal. I got a three-year deal, and that contract basically bought my house in Deuesburg. Like, uh, <laughs> Because I don't think Stefan Richet, when he took over, I don't think he had a clue how much guys were making in the second. Like, we had guys making over 100,000 euro nets.
0: Shut up.
1: In the second league. Shut like,
0: up. Banister and crowd Do you know what I played for in Landsuit that year? I Do don't want know. Yeah, I don't even think I should say it on the air.
1: <laughs> I played too like in Lansuit. Lands, when I when I came to Lancsoot, I I so that was in the third league. I actually played in uh my the previous three teams in the third league all went bankrupt. I, I
0: played, played for 25,000 euros.
1: Okay, and see my year in Lansuit, I played for 16,000 euros.
0: 16,000 that's what I mean and then you that like it's interesting when you could hear about what other people were getting in Germany and you're like geez why am I so far away from that um, yeah. but then I was also like the trailblazer that screwed it for a lot of players because the second league and the DL closes there's nobody moving up and down and dickheads like me came over for the 20 25 grand and then showed they could play yeah. And then teams realized, why don't we keep trying this all the time with guys that are fresh and pro and we'll pay yeah. them nothing. And then we're even going to put them on a tryout. And if they come over and suck, we send them back. And if they're good, then guess what? They made 16 grand this year. <laughs> yeah.
1: But actually guys like guys like you are actually also the reason why, for example, in the DEL, they have 10 imports instead of like, for example, in Switzerland, I think they have three because, um, Germans are just way, way too expensive. Right. And at the time when I was, for example, when I was in Castle, I was a German, right. And the, the. and it, But they year should year be of-
0: expensive because there's a lot of imports and it's supply and demand, right. Folks, I got yeah, my MBA now. True. um, Like there's not that many Germans. And when it comes down to winning championships, the better, the Germans usually wins the championship. The imports yeah. kind of cancel each other out. Yeah. And then it comes down to who's got the better Germans and goaltending.
1: More often than not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and it would make you guys expensive if you're a German, I could play. And it's like, it, but it's quite stressful as an import. <laughs> but,
1: but that year, that year in Lanzu, so I got to Suit because the year before, like I, I was playing for a team called gelsen kirschen It was called the schalke they were called. And after six games, the team went bankrupt. And so there was like a two-month time frame where I was actually – just kind of looking for a job. And actually
0: I had a tryout in Lansu. And so you're, you're in Germany just sitting around waiting for a tryout.
1: Yeah. yeah it's hanging out at the time with, with my ex-wife and, um, you know, Lansu calls me for a tryout. I went and I played great.
0: Like a, And did you say it was burnt Trunchka? Yeah, Bernd
1: Trunchka because he was the GM
0: and Gary Clark was the coach and Gary wanted to meet so me. So Bernd is the guy that brought me to Germany for Small World. He was the one that signed me in Lancer. Yeah. And I actually lived in his house for two weeks when I got there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Have you ever heard the story about uh, Jason Clark and Bernd Trunchka and Bernd Trunchka's dog? No.
0: <laughs> I'd love to though. <laughs> I'm excited.
1: Yeah. So anyways, um, yeah, yeah, they couldn't you know I had a really good
0: you need to tell me the story about the dog
1: they so they they don't they don't sign me but then for the next year you know they said okay we don't have any money but we have a really good team come by you can kind of use it as a as a as a springboard for the next year or whatever and actually that's what i did but yeah, so that
0: it, like so that's when you made the sixteen grand was you went for a yeah. trial and they're like, Well, we got yeah, no money. He was, he was, it's was, bizarre in Germany, man, when you see that stuff. Once a season starts and teams are trying to pick up the odd player or two. I remember a couple guys coming to Beatingheim for tryouts that were established good players, and they came, they played great, and would obviously make our team way better. And then they're like, Well, this is all the money we have, take it or leave it. And it was like nothing. Yeah. <laughs> like nothing. Yeah
1: yeah yeah and that's that's how it was with me but i knew i knew from the guys that were there i knew i knew we were going to win so it was kind of and i knew i was getting my german pass so my agent at the time said listen go there and at the time my ex-wife was a uh a stewardess so she could fly from munich so everything kind of just aligned and then yeah it worked out because i was in english step. but yeah jason clark i guess lived with the band trunchka and i like <laughs> And there was there was an incident, I think it was with this dog or his cat, although I I, I should be careful there because th- this podcast is going to be published, but anyways. <laughs>
0: it won't not, get published that not, quick. It'll be out. I'm not like saying months. it's true. Right. But, it, but everything's might, hypothetical in the chat. <laughs> but it, it could have been that
1: somebody at some point ran over the ran over the dog on the way on the way to on the way into town or something like that. It could have been. It was the dog or a cat. Like... like killed it? Yeah, unfortunately. And uh I don't know if I don't know if he ever found out about it. And uh
0: yeah uh, <laughs> so he doesn't so you're saying he might have covered it up that well yeah I would you know been, right uh, you'd have to yeah. check yeah you'd have to check the tires I guess but but
1: um I actually yeah Barrent uh Bernd was great he was also he brought me in and yeah, at the time when I was in the land, suits, yeah, Engel, uh, Bernie Engelbrecht was the coach, uh, and uh, Trenchkin was 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 the GM there.
0: Um, I thought he was a good, smart hockey guy. Um, yeah, everything, he everything he said to me made good sense. Um, yeah, I, I, he was fair to me, um, and like when I was living with him, and like, I it was like my first game or two, and you know, on the way back from the game, like what he would say to me was kind of like. Yeah, I would agree with what you said. You know, he's like the first period and a half you were great, you were moving your feet, and then you know, it looked like you got a bit tired, or then it would and then, you know, he made me go to the Bible France. I don't know who that is, but he made put me in a fat camp and then I was ready for playoffs and I was ready to go and he knew what he was doing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, he was good. No, No question about it.
0: Um, anyways, it is a small world, isn't it? When you're talking around. So The other thing is how we know each other is you would have been playing in my first ever game in Germany. So this was four games into the season. Mm -hmm. I show up when Bill True gets his German pass and goes to the DL. So then I'm the new import. And Mm -hmm. um, our first game is in Castle. And I couldn't believe the atmosphere, the fans, the everything about German hockey. I was like so shocked of how big it was. I had no idea what I was getting into. And then I go out there. And the, my first shift, my first shift ever in Germany, my bucket pops off. And I think, geez, I'm going to show my teammates what's up. Like, I'm going to keep going with no bucket. And I'm going to keep skating around and mucking it up. And um, I got a penalty. And then you guys scored on the penalty because I played without a helmet. And um, then I got to the penalty box. And the guy in the penalty box in Castle goes, so you must be the new guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah didn't know that rule you know yeah, it was
1: a great barn in castle uh great barn great atmosphere and actually a lot of similarities with Lansuit. like uh, when i was in castle we had a lot of young good young uh players from castle great great kids and right yeah i'm still friends with them to this day also the same with the guys actually in Lansuit. like if i ran into i still keep in touch a little bit with uh marcus hoon whenever like if i'm if i'm gonna go to Lansuit, i'll give him a call Maybe once every couple of years, I'll, I'll reach out to him if i Hundy's
0: a dandy. Love that guy.
1: But uh, like, I love those guys. Marcus Meyer was also there. Great guy.
0: And it's interesting uh, how so many good hockey dudes can be from one town. Yeah, just a small town too. I know
1: it's sixty
0: thousand people or whatever live there. I, I loved it there. I wish they would have had their financial situation sorted out and had money to pay people because I would have yeah. stayed there, you know? Yeah, true. That is true. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. So where and what are you doing now?
1: Well, now I work for a finance technology firm from Hamburg and it's kind of the mixture of finance and IT uh, for a firm called Serala. So... Yeah, before COVID, I would be on the road Mondays to Thursdays. Since COVID, I basically, yeah, I work, I work from home constantly. But uh, yeah, well, at the
0: beginning. So it's yeah. a lot of computer stuff. And are yeah, we talking, yeah, like, when you're talking with coworkers? do you in Deutsch or English?
1: Only in German. Only in German. All day I mean, you're yeah.
0: speaking German.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, one of the best things I ever did was when I came to Germany, when I was 22, I played one year in Sweden. And I always felt guilty because when I was in Sweden, I didn't learn the language. When I came to Germany, I made sure I was like, okay, I'm really going to buckle down and learn the language because it's going to improve my life lifestyle. And if I'm here for a few years, then it'll it'll pay off. And, and to be quite honest, I really did because I was able to um, write from my first year and I still have contacts from my, you know, you know, every year I played in Germany, especially the first few years when I was playing in the third league, you know, there was only five or six imports. And to be quite honest, uh the young German guys are always the f- funnest guys to be around. So um being able to, to they to really are them and, you know, just see the shenanigans, what would happen with, when I was ha- out with those guys, it was always fun. I was able to uh, reach out with them, but yeah, no, so I've got I've, le-
0: learning I've, German got though fun. is a big deal, right? That's one yeah. thing I would say. And like, you, it's hard because all the kids i speak to now there's some guys even from around here that are over in germany now some of them have german passes and yeah. you talk to them over there and some of them are trying to learn the language some of them aren't and if i could do it over again not that i would change anything i did but i just learned from hanging out with hammer and guype and the boys and like mm-hmm. sitting there with them listening to them and then listening in the room like i never took courses i never put an effort i just learned it on the go but yeah. it took me until about the fourth year and hammer and i were out in munich or no stuttgart and we're there's the german conversation there's the english conversation and i was still being nervous and not doing it and i remember hammer just saying to me one day waldo you've been here now four years five years he goes it's embarrassing speak german and i'd had a couple and i was like all right and then I started actually like trying, and then I realized like I could do it. And it wasn't, it was from when I first started trying, when the people pretend they can't understand you and then your yeah. confidence gets shot and you're like, well, I don't want to try then. And then when you stop caring, it's like, oh, it actually works. <laughs>
1: you know? yeah, yeah. yeah, No, with, with, with me, like I didn't, the, at the very end of my career, to be honest, my last year in the DEL was in Castle and I knew I wasn't going back to the DEL. And then uh, I actually had signed in the second league for the team that was called, uh, for the Duisburg team that was supposed to go in the second league. They didn't get their license. So what the owner there did, a guy named Ralph Poppy, is he owned a team in the third league. So he sent us all to the third league. And that was the year that really, I was like, okay, go from the DEL then to the third league. In, in a lot of ways, uh, as much maybe as, you know, my year, my years under Stefan were were difficult. Um, it really helped me because I, I basically knew my my career was coming over and I didn't want to just be coaching, you know, uh, you know, the kids here in Germany for, for not a lot of money. So that's when, you know, I enrolled in courses from the University of London and got my, um, I got a bachelor's degree in business administration with international business. And, you know, I got my coaching licenses beside uh, that because i wasn't to be quite honest i wasn't sure if i was going to make it but uh yeah I, I i made it and um i coached a little bit actually up until a couple of years ago just just with my son he's playing in dusseldorf and uh to be quite honest now the only thing i i i do that has to do with ice hockey is i'm on the i'm on the advisory board for the for the dusseldorf raga for, for their uh for their kids for the kids program for the knockbooks program but i'm not
0: actually um involved on a involved. daily basis doing how you know, old's your son? He's fifteen so he's 15. right into it right now
1: yeah, yeah yeah he's he like he likes hockey a lot and uh yeah he uh he's been in Dusseldorf now for over eight or nine years actually for for us it was <laughs> he started here in Duisburg and then eventually it was okay, is he gonna go to Krefeld or go to Dusseldorf because both cities are Basically the same same length of way, but in, in Dusseldorf, there was basically all ex-teammates of mine and actually um, all ex-teammates of mine that were actually coaching and or being coaches or, for example, a guy like Tino Boo, who I did the trainer, Um, the coach's trainer to get my trainer license with, he was there.
0: And, uh, and that, then it makes you comfortable, right. For your kid, you know, they're in good hands and, uh, you know, they're getting taught by the right guys. And I see what kind of beer you're drinking there. That's, uh, the Augustiner. hey, that's the good stuff. I,
1: so I, that's the best beer
0: in the world. In my opinion,
1: my, I agree. So I've been a bachelor now. Been a long
0: time since I've had one of those. I've Long been a bachelor
1: now since since January. I got a beer fridge, and uh, there's always two cases of Augustiner in my beer fridge. So Wally, if you're ever in around here, you're always welcome to come and have a cup of cold beers.
0: Gosh darn it, that sounds lovely. Um, yeah, not you know what's interesting about all this and starting this chatting around is, I got a lot of stuff off my chest about ever how everything went in my career, but that I can sit down with you and chat after the battle we had back then like that was the only year we ever crossed paths was that 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 was an epic series of a finals of a league that was about as exciting as hockey gets even though we lost
1: yeah then like in castle it was um like those two years it was uh like thank that if we, had, if, we if we put a loss it would have been there yeah, that would have been it there would have been no more castle huskies i mean that happened actually a couple of years later where they really, actually yeah. ended up Going bankrupt, anyways, but we we kept it afloat and moved to the DL the next year. But that those two years where we only lost eight and nine games, man, I mean, those well, were two right, funnest years right. of my life because we we were right. we were winning every weekend. We had a team that really liked to get after it, and so right, Kabina Fest every Tuesday. So you would you would because you
0: win, you get Kabina Fest when you win.
1: We, we would drink Tuesdays, a road game on a Friday,
0: win, case on the bus, uh, get hanging out with the boys. Home game,
1: home game on a Friday. Uh then rip it up at the Irish pub afterwards, um in downtown castle. Saturday was always, you know, the out loves just to get the alcohol in the system and then do it all again on Sunday.
0: And win again cool. and then have a the time.
1: It was and it was every single week we went to, you know, two years in a row, like basically really yeah. We're, we're alcoholics. Yeah. It was, uh,
0: but then what, like what goes on that year before when you did lose in the finals, they couldn't have been too thrilled with you guys.
1: No, they weren't, but they like, we lost to another team that was really trying to move up in Wolfsburg and actually they were really good. And I think like, I mean, we just, we were, we played so structured that we didn't have a lot of creativity that year. And then, um, yeah, I don't know. Like we, we lost three, one goal, three, one goal games. And that was it. It was it was kind of just over before it even started. It was mm-hmm. shocking, and actually.
0: And that it's actually, weird for me to hear the history of everything because I always thought of Wolfsburg as a DL team. I never even like pictured yeah. them of being in that league. Cause then they close it and the teams that are up or up, and teams that are down or down. And what's bizarre for me is like, so you guys win, you go up to the DL, and good for you guys, you won fair and square. So then I signed with Bietingheim the new big budget team, right? The Newcastle Huskies that are buying a championship. And I'm like, let's do this. And then we do win and we bought the team. (laughs) We win it (laughs) just like you guys. And then because of the financial crisis with Porsche and losing their money, they're like, well, we're not going up now, but we won. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And all these guys had it in their contracts. Like, so your second league players this year, if you win and move up, you get like the 15% raise. And yeah. all these guys have it in their contract. And then you're telling me we won. We should go up. But now we're still second leaguers.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Bizarre uh, world, right? League. And then everybody's got that on their resumes, right? Like, oh, we're DL players. We're second league players. And it's like, well, there's actually not that much difference, right?
1: I didn't. To be quite honest, my years, I was actually probably a better DL player than I was a second league player, to be quite honest with you. But although in the second league, uh like because well, you could just
0: play your role right and like you just play a role there you don't have to do so much and i found the exhibition games against the dl teams weren't harder they were uh they were more passing and more positional play but like it wasn't a harder game yeah
1: no 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 agreed agreed yeah it's more structured right in the dl in the DL, for example, as a defenseman, you would know how much time when you would get the, get a D to D pass, you would basically know because nobody's really out of position. Yeah, sometimes, in, well, not actually. I think the second league is very similar to the DL, to be quite honest with you. The, the third league is where it gets league, a bit chaotic. There. Is, you have no idea where, where everybody's at, and uh, um, you have to have your head on a swivel in No where in the DL, you kind of actually would always know you know, where everybody is and how much time you would basically have to make a
0: play, right? Well, for sure. And it's kind of like when I would do, say, when I'm skating through the neutral zone and I make my moves or do the wand over the puck, it's like I found the lower the leagues I played in, people wouldn't buy what I was selling as much. And the better the players, I would know what they were going to buy or sell. And then all of a sudden, the guy's still standing there because he didn't make the move on the first move. And I'm like, oh, you're still here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Anywho. Okay. Poster picks. Let's get into okay. these yeah. yeah. the old timers for team Germany. You're yeah. actually a Canadian. That's pretty cool. You got to be on that team.
1: I've got it. Well, I've, I've, yeah, I've got a German pass though. Right?
0: No, I know. And, I know you do. And uh, and, uh, so I take
1: pride on it. Like I'm, I'm basically the only, I always, I'm, I'm the only migrant on the team. Yeah. That's cool. And, and uh, like I, the, the guys that run it, christian Helber, Chris, uh michael brezak nico pika and uh, christian vent it's 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 a lot of fun because
0: uh you know we we play two or three games a year and so this yeah. isn't just a one-time thing you're doing this oh
1: no so there, there used to be actually like an unofficial world, old-timers world championship in in uh in Belarus of all places. And actually Belarus would play every year and they would be rigged and they would win. But actually the the dictator Lukashenko would play every year. But I mean, we used to go every single year and every single year, every single day. um, I mean, it would be a shit show right it would, it would like right so basically you meet up with these guys and that, everybody so used
0: going. to be hockey players and you're all yeah. living your normal life now and then you go yeah. back and get to do it for a weekend and that's gonna be a shit show it's like yeah. the testimonials in the uk so i've been yeah, fortunate exactly. enough to go back for a couple of them and they are shit shows every time
1: yeah
0: yeah, yeah that, that's hockey though right
1: yeah, know you're right. Yeah. And I hate
0: to say this to you because I've been chirping you all the time, but uh, you're 48 years old, eh? I am. You're quite fit for a uh, work-at-home guy. Yeah, being, being, single, being single will do that for you, right? So, right, uh, yeah, you got to get the abs back, back than eh? Yeah. <laughs> well, Thanks, Molly, appreciate it. Um, yeah, appreciate no, you look fitter than me still. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, poster picks that, uh, you know, I posted a couple times there that team picture of the Castle Huskies after you yep. won. Um, Jeepers, you guys look as happy as people get. And I remember going into the locker room and I was still new to pros my second year. And it was also my second year in a row losing in the finals. I lost in the finals to the coast the year before. And you go in and the disappointment in the room and you got grown men crying. You got Camille Tupel ice hockey god. That's thirty-eight, thirty-nine, and he's nearing the end. And you know he gave it everything he had, and we all did. And he's crying, and um, then like you realize how important it all is. And um, winning is the opposite of losing.
1: Yeah, that year. Um, that year was a fun year. Yeah, and it ended.
0: And it ended the right way for us. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. You guys looked happy. So you also won in the DEL, the Pokal. We won the Deutsche Pokal,
1: actually. So I never won a championship. Although uh, the, the the NHL lockout year, we should have won, actually, the and actually, if that if there's one really big regret, was that um, my third year in the DEL, when the NHL lockout year came, because we had Marco Sturm, we had Andy McDonald, Jamie Langenbrunner, Aaron Ward, um Jimmy Waite was our goalie I mean we were and we had uh Jakub Ficinic who at the time was actually we had all those NHL players but he was probably the best player in the DEL I mean we we had a, a loaded team but we just we won the Deutsche Pokal but actually we, we partied that that uh, that night as if it was actually the DEL championship because it, it was great a lot of money got thrown in our Manchester casa but uh yeah that was a tournament that you know you would you would actually hope the first round you would you would lose because it was always it was a pain in the ass playing that those games because you would start with Pokal, you would play against, you know, Dl team would play against a third leg team. And of course, you know, I was also on the other side of it. Like I was on the, I was on a third league team playing a DEL team and you were super, super motivated just to, you know.
0: Just to try and win, just to, just to upset it that it's in the ice hockey news or wherever that look at this third league team, just beat a DEL team.
1: And just like to prove to yourself, okay, maybe, maybe you can play Maybe I can play with these guys, but yeah. being on the other side of it, it was, it was shitty because I mean. There's, it's a lose-lose. Lose. Literally, their, their seventh game in the playoffs playing against a DEL team. But yeah, that year, once once you, then you would play against DEL teams, it was just like normal normal games. And it didn't really mean so much until we played in the final actually against Dusseldorf. And I mean, that game, that was an intense game. I was actually in Ingolstadt. We won it. And that was Ingolstadt's first trophy in the DEL. Actually, they won it a few years later. But that year was actually always, I look back and I think to myself, we should have won it. I mean, a great group of guys too. I mean, I was talking about... Oh, in Castle we partied like rock stars. That team too. I mean, we had uh, Ron Kennedy was the coach. Was very laid back. And same thing. Every road trip beers on the bus. Every time we would travel, We can bring
0: teams together.
1: Every 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 road trip we would travel the day before, and every road every every trip we would be on, uh, we would go for a, a D man's meeting, and we would drink beers before every single road game. I mean, it wasn't... It wasn't. We weren't getting blasted.
0: We right, have... but you're going out for a couple and being a team. Yeah.
1: Every road trip and every every Tuesday could be an FS, and we didn't miss many opportunities to party either. So it was... But like that team, we should have won.
0: Um. Yeah, it sucks when you're on a team that should have won and you don't, but... Um, yeah. Um, Winning the Pokal, also yours truly got to do, but that was when... When I first went to Beatingheim, I know what you're talking about, because when we were there with our big budget team, we were still playing DL teams, and we could hang. We were beating DL teams with our second league team, and yeah. we were right in the mix of moving on out of the group stage or whatever, and it was pretty neat. But then it they canceled the DLB, and it's just the second and third leagues playing, yeah. and yeah. then it was just your random games and nobody gave a shit, and we were brutal in the regular season. We were in the playdowns but then we make it to the finals of the pokal and then all of a sudden we have a game that's sold out and everybody's jacked and then we got to celebrate a trophy and the boys got to go out all night and act like we won the stanley cup even though we were exactly. a brutal team <laughs> exactly
1: yeah yeah that's what we did that's what we did in so himsweat the
0: year we won it. the same thing yeah no and uh, winning is fun um so next poster pick slap shot with the hansen brothers you yeah. look like you were in like a movie Oh man, that was—I
1: mean—that was such a
0: cool experience. So,
1: a guy who actually—the um, guy's name was Kerry Goulet, who put who put together the team. And I, Kerry Goulet was a, a an older German guy who plays in—he uh, played in Germany years, and actually, um, I think he actually works for the ice hockey news now. To be quite honest with you, and he kind of does—he does podcasts like you do, but he actually has—he had the Hansons on on his on his radar and so the Hanses would, would do a German tour of course they need they need somebody to play with the Hanses and say, man oh man I mean that was a really really fun time to meet those guys so I got to play with them and they, they, they do the whole so they did like a
0: show yeah. where you guys were the chiefs yeah, and played you, the other you team start the,
1: you start the game and Denny Lemieux like Denny Lemieux he would have been in his 70s the goalie so he does something stupid the first shift and then a police car comes drags him out the Hanses do a couple shifts where they're running around like a, like donkeys and then they go off they sign sign autographs and then of course then they need the idiots to play the rest of the game so <laughs> but what was cool was uh you know afterwards you know just drinking beers with those guys and getting to know them and uh, great guys they're all really good hockey players
0: that's what there. is fun about hockey is to getting to know a bunch of people from different backgrounds and what yeah. everybody's about right
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: no really so where good.
0: did you do that in germany somewhere you yeah, that would, have been,
1: that would have been in Grayfraff, a, a city called Greyfrath. So it was a, a benefit game. And, yeah, they I got the opportunity to go. But it was actually really cool. Like, I got the Chiefs jersey,
0: and I, I still have it. And, uh, That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's That great. is cool. Okay, really n- next poster pick, you're with Sergei Fedorov and some other guy. Yeah. So
1: the other guy, first example, uh, is another guy that was with the German old-timers team because, I mean, with that team – I mean, that was in Belarus and it was just, uh, a random, a random night. The other guy actually in the picture was Dr. Marcus Flugel. Uh, and he's actually one of my roommates when, uh, whenever he comes on the team and he's just, it's just a riot. But we actually ran into all Sergi at, at a, at a, at a, at a seedy karaoke bar one night in Minsk. <laughs> and, uh, you just he, ran into him. Yeah. Like he was getting it. He was getting after with a couple of his Russian buddies, uh, drinking vodka and what was i was able actually to meet with him and just i had a kind of a little bit of an in because i actually played with andy mcdonald in an english that and andy mcdonald we played together in anaheim and just talking with him and shooting the shit with him but uh, oh man he like you, that guy has everything together great looking guy dressed to the nines so so really small obsessed. hockey
0: world for you with all that story <laughs> is I go yeah. to, Colum- I go to Columbus Blue Jackets training camp, Sergey yeah. Fedorov's on the team and I met him there. And to think I went from Western Michigan to going to an NHL training camp with Sergey yeah. Fedorov and I'm sitting beside him on a stationary bike. And I'm thinking, this is crazy. Cause what growing up, watching him on the Red Wings with Stevie Y. And then I'm at a training camp with him and he's on the squad is wild. You know,
1: which but, is but a super nice guy. Like, I mean, uh, you know and he had every right just to say hey just beat it yeah like uh but he, he took the time and uh like he he was getting he was dipping heavy into the sauce and actually he got in the carrot he went wasn't much of a karaoke singer although i mean with the german with the russian language it was kind but of he gave her he was up there mixing
0: it up <laughs>
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah he, he got after it it was uh but it was a fun night
0: well, the other um, thing I remember of that small hockey world there was when I first started at Western Michigan, my first two years, I had the Anaheim mighty ducks at that point yeah. talking to me and um, they were like meeting me in my hotel rooms and talking and interviewing. And then what they told me was that I reminded them of Andy McDonald and he was yeah. on their team then running amok. He
1: was, uh, to be honest, that lockout year. I mean, there was a lot of really good players over in the DEL, like, to be stefan robidop played in frankfurt he was really good dougie waite was in frankfurt um eric cole played in berlin and actually he was the guy who really turned things around i was telling you about the series we lost uh lost against against berlin like he he, he just went nuts in the playoffs but for the whole year just he was a
0: gamer he, eh? he was a playoff oh, guy man, even in the nhl so,
1: so big and so strong and you couldn't really do too much against him but really on a, on a um on a talent basis annie mcdonald was the one guy where i was like oh my god this this guy is so much better than this like marco sturm like was really really like he was really good i mean and these guys were all a touch better than us but we could actually you had this feeling that you could play with them right um yeah. Jamie was the same thing but annie mcdonald was the one guy where um it was, just, it was just crazy. What it is
0: interesting when you get on the ice with people that are just way better than you, and you have yeah. to recognize yeah. that like this isn't close. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Um, I was skating with O'Reilly, um, back in the day, and then I helped him out this summer. And when you get on the ice with him and help his size and strength, and then you see him put the puck in the net, and you're just like, jeepers, this guy's good. <laughs> How
1: big and strong
0: he is. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Um. Okay. Yeah. Next poster pick is. The Ingolstadt-Pokal, that's the team pick. What barn is that in? Where did you win? Did you say that?
1: That was in Ingolstadt. That was actually in the... It nearly uh, looked outdoors. In, in the Saturday. Well, the first year in the DEL, actually, that's where we played. Like, when I um, when I signed in the, in the DEL from, from LandSuit, actually, there was a couple of teams that I was talking to, but I thought probably the best chance I would have to eventually play was going to be in an Ingolstadt and they played in an outdoor rink. So we played our first years actually in an outdoor rink and it was ridiculous, but <laughs> that year was actually in, in the new rink where they play now the Saturn arena.
0: Okay. I, yeah, I haven't been to that one. And then the next poster pick, I'm guessing maybe this is the x frau but it looks like you were some kind of rock star.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this again, and actually the last few years, uh, so many stories from the German old timer stadium. We were actually in um we were in downtown Minsk, um, uh, running amok a nice game, and the next day we I think we played Finland. So I was with a bunch of guys, and actually, this this old guy, the guy in the picture comes in. Yeah, you know, the old rock star, it looks like a rock star, it had to be a rock star, right? He had the long hair, has
0: to be a rock star.
1: Came in with an absolute rocket. And I was thinking to myself, the my first thought was. Jesus, that that has to be Alice Cooper. That, that, that has to be Alice Cooper. Look, Alice Cooper's in guys, They were sitting maybe two or three meters across from us, and we were convinced it was Alice Cooper because I was the only guy who could speak English like fluently. It was the only native English speaker. They were like, because we heard they were speaking English. They were like, okay, Brad, you're going to go talk to them. So I was like, okay, guys, let's just wait. They'll have a few beers and wait till they at least finish their meal before we go approach them. Right. So so we do that. and we, I go over and I, I, I go over thinking, this is this is fucking Alice Cooper. I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to Alice Cooper. And I was so I didn't say the name. I said, hey, uh, I'm a big fan of yours. Would you mind uh, taking a picture of us? And right away, the wife Maya, the blonde, uh, was like, yeah, sure, no problem. Uh, pictures with 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 my husband. Yeah, sure, great. So we had pictures and we had. You know, we gave him every single, you know, we, we were all decked out with German national team stuff. We were giving him all this stuff and actually invited him to the to the next day against uh, the Finland. We were playing against Finland the next day for the old timers. And his wife was like, I mean, we we signed autographs or whatever and took pictures. And then we were actually on the on the bus ride home. And one of our guys looked at him and they were like, looks up Alice Cooper and like, like Alice Cooper is like almost two meters. He's like, he's like six, five, six, six, Alice Cooper. This guy was, this Tiny. guy's was like smaller than us, Wally. It was like a five, five. And so and it wasn't one, like, Alex Cooper. It, it wasn't, it wasn't Alice Cooper. We thought we met Alice Cooper, but it wasn't Alice Cooper. So then I actually Googled and it turns out it was Joe Lynn Turner from uh deep purple. Really? So,
0: I, we, he we, was n- clearly a rock star
1: <laughs> yeah he was clearly a rock star but we didn't uh, I had no clue I had no clue but it was it was actually Joel Lynn Turner, so it was it was super funny and I didn't expect anything more but the next day so we're driving to the rink uh, to play Finland and his wife calls and was like, okay hey Brad we we can't make the game and I, to be quite honest I like completely that's Forgotten. kind of what we expect It's kind of what we expected right They're like yeah. why, why did this guy want to hang out with us anyways right? a mm-hmm. uh, bunch of old-time old-timers hockey hockey guys but he was like listen but you guys have your like a christmas dinner in downtown minsk and we'd like to come to that <laughs> perfect you're invited uh actually the the, the germ the leader of the german embassy was also there that evening with us and went out and it was it was amazing just sitting around with him and the stories that guy could tell like he just was in the 70s he's had a party <laughs> Mick Jagger and David Bowie are making out and uh, Elton John was nuts and Freddie stories were Freddie, but like just crazy and we're getting into the sauce and it I tell Joe at some point I'm it's
0: one I'm of those nights after, you don't forget eh yeah and I'm
1: getting after it too and I, I tell I tell Joe I said Joe listen up you know you might be a great singer but I say I, I told him I have a great voice and uh, if I wasn't a pro hockey player I probably would have been a pro singer I've got that great of a voice so I said I said you know what you may be a rock star, but if we ever went head-to-head in karaoke, I would kill you. He looks at me and goes, that fuck you. Yeah. We're doing this. Game on. This yeah. yeah. So he gets Maya, Maya phones, some, ba- some CD bar in Minsk. We go to the bar, the bar gets shut down, and we actually had a karaoke battle with the rest of the boys. And um, that was great. Went head-to-head against Joe Lynn Turner uh, in can, karaoke. Can you actually <laughs> sing? No no
0: (laughs) no i'm a fantastic dancer and i'm not just saying that i am but uh karaoke i struggle and i have done it a couple times i've lost some head-to-head battles but not against rock stars um yeah but, but
1: this this guy was great i mean he just killed it too because he was a big sinatra fan so he sang a couple sinatra fans of course my teammates gave it to me at the end like so it was kind of like uh uh american Idol, whatever they gave me the win but it was great because we kept in touch with him a couple of years later he was touring in uh in germany we went to see him and it was actually just a real uh cool thing getting to know a rock star like like him and just shooting the shit with him and you know i, I love
0: listening to stories and it, it, do you i i find that i might this, like it too <laughs> this,
1: this cat uh this cat had some serious
0: stories yeah <laughs> so you did or you were born in winnipeg yeah right? you raised there
1: uh born in winnipeg i moved to calgary for seven years um from i was the age of I was five to i was 12 and then we moved back to winnipeg and uh
0: yeah is is that somewhat tough then for a kid um like having friends and then moving and then yeah yeah Yeah, it
1: wasn't wasn't great i mean i wish we would have stayed in calgary to be honest my mother at the time wanted to move back to winnipeg and uh because she was she was born in winnipeg but uh no it wasn't a great fan to be honest like winnipeg love my buddies from winnipeg
0: but the city not much there the city as a whole,
1: yeah. I mean, if you're going to compare it to Toronto or Calgary or Vancouver, um,
0: see, I'm not really into Toronto either,
1: really. See, and I love the GTA. Ew, and, what uh,
0: i What's do. wrong with I, you. I really, you I, like uh, mucking it up in traffic and not knowing how long it's going to take to get places, or what?
1: Well, I'm only there, like, I'm there to visit my mother that's in Mississauga when I come, and actually, uh. A good buddy of mine, Danny Del Monte lives, uh, lives in Mississauga
0: as well. So I visit him. And I know who did he not. Didn't he play for Hanover?
1: He did play for Hanover. And was he
0: uh, not a bit out of shape? A bit would be. Right. Would be, I remember watching him play and he was really smart, but I yeah. tell you, he made me look fast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh
1: phenomenal hands right like
0: and vision like, and saw the ice yeah. and the, he was smart just couldn't get around well <laughs> and,
1: and just um he's actually to this day one of the funniest guys i've played with like i really really self-deprecating really really sure i gotta say this too though he's really really sure of himself dan um he knows how good he was right and, <laughs> and he'll tell you but he'll also he's also the first one to to laugh at himself and i, I love the guy i think he's great He's such a, bre- a breath of fresh air yeah so I, I remember him Toronto, i make i make a point of uh going to see him and, and his boy uh ryan is actually he actually played for the u20 national team this year the german national team because he has a german pass his mom's german melanie oh, like. and um i mean they've become really good friends with us and so make sure that we visit them and his kid um his kid's an overager this year playing for Mississauga uh, in the O, and I think he is going to absolutely tear it up because he is filthy, filthy mitts.
0: Well, the old man – well, they say jeans are a thing, right?
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um. So, okay, so then you go back to Winnipeg. You kind of grew up in Calgary. So then yeah. where is St. Saint Boniface Saints? Because that's yeah. the first team the research team finds. Yeah, so St. Boniface
1: it's, – it's actually – it's. Um, Jeez, I'm missing I don't know if this is happening to you sometimes I miss the English word it's a stadtteil. it's a
0: you're uh, forgetting your
1: English <laughs> I do
0: I do when you speak about tile that's a town
1: what's oh, a, tile? It's a like uh, just it's like like a community let's just say it's a community it's like a, it's just a part of Winnipeg Saint Boniface yeah
0: oh it's, it's a suburb
1: a suburb yeah there you go that's there yeah there we go we're there there you go so, <laughs> yeah played there it was great actually that was I mean back back in the day I remember I remember going to my first camp, my first, it was so it was, it was tier two of the MJHL. And I remember being 15 years old, 14 or 15 anyways. And I remember one of the coaches who was running the camp came to me and says, okay, Brad, cause I was one of the youngest guys. You see that guy over there on the other team, he wants to beat you up. Are you going to fight him? Yeah. So if it was the other, uh, it was the other kid that was my age, go skates over to the other guys. It's the same thing. Uh, so it was basically program that we we're gonna fight, and I remember, remember that was my first actually a, a hockey fight. It was actually with the Saint Boniface Saints in this camp, just being scared shitless and bullied right into game. it from a coach. Yeah, and, uh, and, and if like I think back now, like just how it used to be, uh, it's just like ridiculous. Yeah, you know? well, and, 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 I don't know if you know who
0: Darcy Vero is, is but when he came on. Um, when he came on and he was a fighter in the A and in the show and in Russia, um, he sent me this website of the Washington Capitals training camp fights from like back when he was there, like early 2000, late 90s. I don't know, I'm not sure when it was, yeah. but he was fighting as much as he possibly could every shift, go out and fight. Yeah, in a training camp that's just to get warmed up for the season folks
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I'm just thankful now like I don't know while do you do have kids
0: I do I have a ten and eight year old yep boys or girls or boys boy and a girls? girl yeah okay so I'm boy, coaching yeah. the under 13 boys in town here we got our second exhibition game tonight against wow. the team that in the first one just smashed us seven to one so okay we're gonna see yeah, how okay. she goes tonight we got some work to do it looks like yeah. <laughs> exactly but
1: I like I'm just really thankful, also having having a boy who plays hockey, that it's not the way it used to be, you know, with the and, fighting and,
0: and getting, yeah, uh,
1: with the fighting and the and the hazing and uh, the
0: hazing's the biggest one. The hazing, um, party. I remember when I first made it into junior, and I was hearing stories of some things that could go on, and like you you hear about the uh, making all the rookies go in the bathroom of the bus naked, with all their clothes tied together in a ball, and all these naked kids have to undo the clothes and get dressed before they could come out and then I like before that I had on a buddy's dad that played for the Leafs back in the day and he was telling me about what it was like in junior when he came up and like I guess it would have been I don't know the 70s or 80s like they were they were hurting people in hazing events and it was like stuff he remembers to this day, of who he hates in the world, right? And yeah. you never forget that shit.
1: Yeah, like I, I don't know how you, like I was, I was always a guy, even when I was a veteran. Wherever I was, I was against that shit because I always thought, um, well, I, I right? And, and to be quite honest, my experience was it was always the veteran. Like it would never be a star who would treat rookies. Or for example, when we are in Germany, you know, you know, you would see from time to time there would always be some imports who would handle or treat young germans like shit and i fucking always hated it and i always remembered it and i always always
0: and those and those kids are, don't forget it either they, they the know one. who is good to them and who wasn't yeah
1: and to be quite honest as you say that like one of the kids you know for example uh, a really good friend of mine is actually clark Breitkreutz who plays in the in the second league. And so I know I that name that when my last couple of years, when I was playing in Germany, meeting him, or for example, Matthias Niederberger was, and I won everything. Every time I see Matthias, you know, we're really friendly. And well
0: know. that, you know, what's interesting is what actually spurred me on and got me back into the German ice hockey world yeah. again and chatting again. Um, Cause I have been very focused on British ice hockey. Um, yeah. Cause I had the best taste in my mouth after hockey from that but um, was Philip Meikle who played with me in Lansuit, was one of those fourth line kids that we went to the finals. There was an article about him being the top 100. um, I think it's Airding. I could, might be wrong. I've talked to people, but top 100 athletes from his town. And, um, and in the article, how it came up was that he said, I was one of the biggest influences in his career. And it was like, when it's 15 years later and you hear that man that can mean a lot but that's yeah. a lot better to hear than if you hazed a guy and he's writing that you're the biggest piece of shit he's yeah. ever played with
1: <laughs> yeah, it, 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 exactly and that like i mean to, to be quite honest like um wally like like in the del like i i was a third liner like i was in journey like not a journey man like i was i was a every day i played every game um but i wasn't a star or whatever but uh, these relationships have really helped me now because whenever there's it seems to be like a some kind of game or whatever especially from the young germans who are actually retiring now who i actually played with my last couple of years i get these invites and actually it's always a blast i was actually in a game a couple of weeks ago for a kid a uh, kid i played with in Duisburg, my very last year named etienne Renkevitz and um yeah shit like that i mean what comes around goes around i guess right and the guys that,
0: that's very true um yeah. very true and um yeah like for when you look back on my career i think managers and coaches maybe didn't always get me and what i was trying to do for the team but i mean i've been back now for seven seasons i think and uh i've been invited back from my teammates seven times so yeah (laughs) right there
1: you go My, my first year actually in uh in uh my first two years like i was so when I went to University of Manitoba, then actually I got a training camp offer to go to uh, the Manitoba Moose in the IHL. And from that camp, so they cut me, but a scout from Sweden actually saw me. And that's where I got my contract offer to, to go to Sweden. But I actually had driven. Um, I had driven with a buddy of mine who was playing for the Dayton Bombers at the time. And
0: his name was Troy Christensen. The Daytona and, Beach Bombers. Small world. I played there. Went to the finals. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So I actually, after getting, uh, you know, after playing, uh, playing in the preseason with the Moose, uh, I drove down with him to Dayton, stayed one night in Chicago. So I don't know, it was like 30 hours or whatever, complete driving, whatever it was from Winnipeg. I got there and that night actually got a contract offer to go to Sweden, which meant my flight was leaving two days later from Winnipeg to Toronto and from Toronto to Stockholm. And then on the ice, then I had a week tryout. So that was actually my, uh, my foray into, you know, pro hockey in uh, in North America because I knew I was too small. I would I would never make it anyways. So
0: well, when you said you were a third liner in the DL, mm-hmm. you played forward, Andy, didn't you?
1: No, just my last year. My last year in Castle, I played the uh, the first half of the season. I played as a forward, but that I mean, stefan Riché, who wasn't my biggest fan i didn't play he tried to buy me out actually after my uh the last year the last year of my contract as i signed a three-year deal in castle and we moved back to the DL, he wanted to buy me out i said sure Rich, no problem um pay me my money and, and I'll, I'll go i have no problem but they didn't want to pay out pay out the salary so yeah he made me for the first half of the year i played uh played on the fourth line, right wing for the castle. Huskins. Right. And actually, but you were normally
0: defense, right? That's I what I, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I'd stay at home fifth, D man, mucking it up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You could say that.
0: But then when you're, you're in that. the third league, you're, you're running amuck, putting up points.
1: Yeah. I mean, I did have every now and then I had a cup of coffee, playing on a second line power play unit. Um, yeah. but
0: yeah, for the You have to be on power plays to put up players. points. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's really the yeah. only way yeah. I mean, it happens.
1: In the DEL I had like some really good deep partners. They played with Chad Allen and Phil von Stefanelli. Gila Who was another deep partner. Gila Who,
0: wasn't he on that castle team too?
1: He was on that castle team. Ugh, he was my deep yeah.
0: Toughest,
1: tough as nails, that guy. You guys
0: well, when you look at how like championship teams are built, I always say it's like when the going gets tough, the tough get going. And um yeah. you guys had a bunch of tough dudes on that team. Like you guys weren't the uh, – as you could call the high budget pre Madonna type, you guys were the big budget, but also like to muck it up too. Right. Yeah. We had a
1: lot of guys who could do that as well. That is true. That is true. Yeah. And that
0: one guy that really, really did her that playoffs. I think he had like a goal a game. Was that McNeil? He was. You know what,
1: that, that we've gone this long and I haven't mentioned him. He's actually to right? this day, one of the best friends. Like he lives in, uh, Louisiana now, and, and me and him, uh, we ran a Muck and Castle on a weekly basis. And, yes. And uh, mm-hmm. I got to see him actually last year at one of these, I think, what, what do you call it in England? In Testimonials? Yeah, uh, in, Germany, in Germany you say an Abschiedspiel. So actually one of the kids – That's
0: the retirement game, right?
1: Yeah. Uh, and and uh, in Castle, there was a big retirement game um, last year for – Three guys from that well the two guys from that team, Manuel Klinga and uh Mikhail Christ and actually McNeil actually then came afterwards to stay with me. But we were to this day, we're still actually really, really tight. And we talked maybe once a month. Like it was me, him, and Alex Levitt. We ran a lot with Alex Levitt. <laughs> yeah. Love that kid.
0: Oh you know, yeah. Everybody? Oh, he's you know, been he in the good. shed. If you haven't caught up with the three hundred and something episodes, he's been on a couple times. Yeah. Um I had him on and he's a dandy. And then I also had him on with his Ravensburg Tower Stars fellows that won the championship there after us. Yeah.
1: We actually, um, after, I think this, after the second, after they
0: the, say after shed the, guys, no shed guys. That's all I'd say. I bet you this McNeil's a shed guy too.
1: Oh, well, for sure. We actually, we flew a weekend down to Houston to go visit Levia, me and, me and McNeil. And actually, that's hockey. Uh, that turned out to be an absolute circus. And, uh, so I I'm can't imagine. Yeah. Flew Thursday flew to Houston from Frankfurt to Houston, um, direct flight. That we were all baseball fans, so we watched a couple games and uh, just got absolutely puddled. Actually, for three day, three nights in a row, and then flew back <laughs> with a red eye on on Sunday back back to
0: Germany. Um, yeah, I couldn't, I, yeah, I could imagine Levy's a dandy for sure. <laughs> um, so I guess, yeah, we've already been talking a while. We could go for a while, but, um, so I was curious how you ended up going to Sweden, um, out of the university of Manitoba and why you didn't go to NCAA.
1: Okay. So because you scored
0: 105 points and were a second team all-star in a junior league in Canada back then. Normally that's a scholarship.
1: So I did go to it. I went to University of North Dakota when I was 18. But I, and looking back, if I would have stayed at UND, I would have won two national championships in, in my junior and senior year. But I was so immature as an 18 year old. And I was so homesick that uh, I packed it in. Gino Gasparini was the coach. I had a really good training camp, and I got sat my first two games as an 18 year old. And uh, I just could not handle my playing. I just could not handle it. And uh, I threw it all away, went back to I said, fuck it, going home. Um went back home. Then I played my 19-year-old uh, year in the MJHL, skipped my last year of junior, went to the U of University of Manitoba. But yeah. I was I looking back, I mean, I was I was super like I was, you know, it's funny. I say I say to my boy all the time, you, you know, he's 15, but he but, but it, I feel like he's an eight-year-old. My, you know, I see my daughter. My daughter's 18, and, you know, she's like an adult. And yet I would – seriously, I was I was more – I was exactly like my boy. I just could not handle it. was immature uh, as an 18-year-old and just could not handle not playing. So I went back, and then that's when I went to the University of Manitoba.
0: Well, um, it'd be hard at 18 years old when all you want to do is play hockey, and then the hockey you're getting is not playing, right?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. It was tough tubes thing discipline, right? You go you go to the NCAA and you have the weekend you have the cake parties and then you have uh, uh, every days every single day's a buffet. So I basically ate myself out of the NCAA and when I and when I packed the bags to go back to, I tried to. <laughs> when I packed my bags to drive to go back to uh, before I was going back, actually, I had a call for the Moose Jaw warriors to come to. what school was it you were at? University
0: of North Dakota. That, that was so. that and was were they in the new barn then too? Or that was no, before no, that? It was, it was the old barn. It was the old barn. Yeah. Um yeah, really, no, like, the buffet is a thing. Um, the dorms yeah. at Western Michigan was a buffet all day, every day. Um, and we had unlimited meal plans. So they make yeah. you go work out all day, all morning, and then make you go to practice and skate the shit out of you. And then they're like, There's the buffet, time to get to eating, and uh, boy, you could eat. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I really, because that's that year when I went back, then when I, when I quit and went back, I was so out of shape. And then I, over the summer then I really got in good shape for my 19 year old year. And then I just, you know, my, my coach that was 16 was then with the university of Manitoba and it just seemed like a good fit. And I knew they had, um, you know, the world university games were, were coming up the, the following year. And I knew, I figured I would have a chance to make that team, uh, Team Canada, which absolute highlighted the career and a plug like me being able to play for the national team was. um,
0: That's that was pretty great. cool to play for Team Canada, right? And no matter yeah. what it is, uh, my only opportunity, which until I started talking to my shed, I actually forgot I did this, uh, but I played for Team Canada in roller hockey, and it's still playing for Team Canada, right?
1: Me too. Did you play the WHF or the FIRS?
0: Oh, geez. I don't even know what it's called, man. Was I, was, it? I was like 15, six, mm-hmm. 15 or 16.
1: Yeah, I got to do that too. it been a, that was a blast, man. Like, oh, was, f-
0: yeah, man. The jersey I have, it looks like it's from like the summit series in the 70s. And to <laughs> think that's the jerseys they gave us was pretty cool. <laughs> but,
1: um, like, yeah, like you say, I mean, anytime you got to do that, it was great. And yeah. It was awesome.
0: How'd it go playing for Team Canada? Did you win it? We finished, so there was a double
1: IHF. That was right before they had the the RHI and stuff like that. But we played, so it was basically at that time. It was, you know, whoever would win like the like the tournament, they win like a regional tournament, then would get to represent Canada. So it was basically, it was me and all of my buddies from Winnipeg, like my best friends, and that summer.
0: That's fast.
1: Actually, was supposed to go to camp with. Um, you know, our national teams, you know, back in the day, they had the, the the Canadian national team. I was supposed to go to camp. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the best decisions I made was, you know, Andy Murray was the coach at the time. And I, I said, no, I'm going to go with my buddies. And I knew I, I had, I probably, I didn't, I don't think I would have made the team anyways, but I basically threw that in the garbage anyways, because I was like, this is a chance of a lifetime to basically go play Inline hockey with the national team with my best buddies and just get absolutely sewered every single night in Zell Mz, Austria. Uh and then we we ended up finishing we uh, second place. We lost in the
0: gold medal game to the states who were loaded. Yeah, yours is a bit different than mine. Mine was in Kitchener, Ontario, 15 minutes from my hometown, Mm -hmm. playing for Canada. And we were playing like all the other countries, and then actually (laughs) they ended up at uh a party um with their there was a big high school party at one of my buddy's houses from Elmira and um, like a big, big party, like ones you'd make movies about. And all the teams after we played against each other did come to that party. It was wild. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Roller hockey is fun though. And I find that playing four and four on blades, where you can't turn as fast, you can't uh, shimmy shake as quickly. I found it opened up my vision of the game. I found ways to make two on ones creatively than the normal five on five. And you can play ice hockey your whole life and it's always five on five and you're always chipping it in, chipping it out four on four roller hockey. It's totally different and opens up your eyes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I quit though. Like, I mean, as soon as I turned pro then I, that, uh,
0: I did too. I, I
1: found it to be too dangerous. It was uh, like, I, yeah. Year.
0: I when I got when hockey got too serious, it was middle of college was when I stopped. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you go to Sweden. What did you think of Sweden?
1: Well, so, yeah. So I, as I mentioned, after I go to Sweden, and uh, that actually might be the biggest regret I have in my whole my whole career was that year in Sweden because I was. I remember being, like I told you I was immature and I was immature too as a 20 year old, but I was so homesick for Winnipeg and I was I was living in Sweden it was my first year pro it felt like I was a millionaire because I was making good money in, in the second league in Sweden and uh, I mean if you've ever been to Sweden and, and, uh, Swedish women I was young, I was single, I was a pro yes People knew me in the city. Like, the, mm-hmm. the team now is actually in, in the Swedish elite league. And, and if
0: back. you're that in good of shape at 48, I wonder what you're like in your 20s. <laughs> so, like,
1: I really, really ran
0: amok in Sweden. Like, Sweden. Well, I can see how strong you are in your neck right now and your neck muscles. What mean, are you uh, How much are you working out? <laughs> Stop it. Like
1: I say, so I, I'm actually, I've been single since January, right? It's amazing what. Uh, uh, splitting, splitting from the X will do to to your fitness and the discipline when it comes to working out. Yeah, so I, I I I like to I like to work out on a daily basis.
0: I understand. I'm uh I'm more dedicated into making sure I have time for the shed on a daily basis.
1: <laughs> That's, good. That's good, but that, but that year in Sweden, so
0: you would have had a time. Years- so you're you're the oh, only God. Canadian too, eh? And I'm, like I'm, I'm,
1: I'm the only Canadian. There's two imports there.
0: Everybody else I'm, is blonde, and then you're this. Other and, guy and,
1: and I was like the youngest on the team. Well, a couple of a couple of the Swedes are a little bit younger than me, but I was like I'm one of the youngest. So we would play on Wednesdays and we would play on Sundays. But listen to this: Saturdays were off. So Friday we would have an early afternoon practice. And then you're and off then, till the Sunday game. That was that, So Friday nights were an absolute shit show every. And I and I had money, right? I had money that the, uh, like and I was. Honest to God, it wasn't a lot. If you look back now, it wasn't a lot of money, but I played it up that year. Like, honestly, if, if you would have met me, you would have thought I was a millionaire the way I was. <laughs> but I, and I, I didn't care. I, I don't think I saved, I, didn't, I saved like probably a couple hundred girls the whole year, but I was, I was living it up to the point. Like, honest to God, after that year, I thought to myself, I need to calm down I need a girlfriend and this needs to stop so I go to Germany the very next so the next I was really homesick the whole year which like I said like I wish I would have enjoyed that year because Sweden is awesome and my teammates were awesome and it was such a good time but I, I couldn't help with being homesick the whole time and then the next year so I was like then I wanted to go to Germany because I knew there was a lot of Canadians there and uh, the first weekend I was in Germany I met a Swede the next weekend I met my German wife and uh, after the year we got married in Vegas and uh, yeah. But that first, year in, that first year in Germany as well, when I was telling you about uh you know, the, there was three older Canadian guys and uh, I mean, that really opened up my eyes because I was 22 then when I went to Germany for my first year and these three guys, three wily, wily veterans. <laughs> and these cats, you know, Um, took care of me and after every single road game we were smoking they were smoking weed and uh, that first year in Germany was absolutely probably a a lot of my best stories were probably from, from that year alone that year when I went to Germany at the time the owner every time you would get a paycheck you wouldn't get the paycheck deposited to your account you actually would get a check so you would actually go to the rink on payday and the whole board would be sitting in front of you and basically telling you, okay, you've had a good month, really good. Here's, here's your paycheck or ripping into you because yeah, you're playing shitty. You shouldn't get
0: like, a- and would they pay you all the money or no? I
1: didn't get my last paycheck and uh, it was my first year in Germany. So I sued them. I was like, fuck, I,
0: how did you know get, how to sue them and stuff?
1: Because the the German girl who I hooked up the second week that I was in Germany with, um, her mother actually worked for a lawyer's firm.
0: And that's how you do it. Because I was wondering, like, so if a team ever screwed me, which teams would screw some players back in the day. And I always thought, well, they're going to do this because they don't think you're going to actually fight it. And I yeah. was there. Would be times I'd be thinking I'd be like, so if they actually stop paying me, and I have to like do this, it's like, how would I even go about it? <laughs> you
1: know. So, she told me. So I, I had that benefit that okay, whatever you do, when you're here in Germany, you need a, a Rechtsschutzversicherung, yeah, lawyers insurance. And I'd fucking never heard of lawyers insurance, but I was like, well, if you say I need it, then I guess I need it. So I'll get it, and sure enough that year um we like half the team got kicked out and replaced and we had then yeah i didn't get my last paycheck and yeah i I sued them and i was like the only guy to sue them but but we got the money but that was actually that was actually good that i had that because then a couple years later in
0: because then the uh, uh, lawyer's insurance covered you that um that paid for them to do that work
1: yeah, but at the time, too, you would kind of get blackmarked, right? Because then, you know, the owners would talk to each other and, you know, oh, they sued me. and Yeah. You know, I guess think they think would, they would just get away with it, especially with a young Canadian. And uh, with me, that wasn't the case because I had my lawyer's insurance. But anyways, the same thing happened. So the next year, I play in Rattigan. And then I go to um, – I, I signed late. I signed late, but I played for them and it was all right. And then the following year, I signed with a team called – Schalke uh, no fear Schalke 4 and they were supposed to have Lufthansa as a sponsor and they handpicked the team from like all the best players from the Oberliga. I think it was called the West in the third league and we all get there and after six games we went broke. So no paycheck
0: sued them. This is your second year? This is my, this is my third year. The but second, second year-, year in Germany
1: no the second year in germany i was in rattingen and in rattingen i lived in a hotel the whole year with my with my with my new wife at 21
0: oh sorry that's the ice aliens <laughs> good name yeah, guys um yeah. one guy you played with there um is luigi calci who was my captain in hell yeah good hands
1: lou yeah yeah um yeah we to be quite honest that year that year to be honest is probably one of my least favorite years in ice hockey because you had there was such a disparity between the german players most of them were old old players from the dda the dusseldorfer eg and young younger imports with me being one of them and i mean, to be quite honest it was a talented team but that actually of all the years was probably my least favorite year of ice hockey, to be quite honest with you. I, I could not wait to leave. So the next year I was happy to go to Schalke. We go, uh, we go bankrupt after six games. So now, you know, I've experienced this now twice, like Gelsen goes bankrupt. And then I actually, you know, very young, I was young and didn't, have, wasn't making a lot of money. So then I, um, I go to Erfurt and Erfurt was uh, the coach there was Corrado Mikolev and Corrado Mikolev. I actually asked him because uh, at the time, like I didn't have a lot of money and I was like, okay, well, Corrado, please tell me if I'm going to go to your team, please tell me I'm going to get paid the money that I'm signed for. And so Brad, 100% like hand in the fire. No worries. I got there. I no money. The first three months I was there, got no money. And at the time, um, actually, um, the lawyer I actually had used from Duisburg, actually, or actually Gelson Kirsten, so Gelson, Kirsten Gelson Kirsten, actually forgot to tell you this one, gelsen Kirsten goes bankrupt. And the owner basically says, okay, I'm just not the owner anymore. He just leaves. So there was
0: nobody to, to try and get nobody. the money from
1: yeah there was nobody to get the money from and for even worse none of the players could leave to another team because in germany you all have players cards so actually me and a guy named mark garth actually went through a lawyer and we became the the official president and vice president of the Gelsenkirchen. and all we did was sign the player contract so the players could leave and this <laughs> same lawyer then, i hired them in Erfurt. so one day in Erfurt, i was like uh the, the 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 lawyer's name is a famous German lawyer called Norbert Heedel we hadn't been paid then in, in Erfurt for three months and it was like um so I had a meeting with the German guys once and guys like like what are we doing here? We haven't been paid for three months and this guy actually I said let's all get together and let's get this lawyer I know him from the like earlier in Gelsenkirchen. the guys are yeah okay let's do it so we do so it came to a it came to a head to a like a game in Erfurt where the lawyer who i had basically represented the whole team and went to the ownership and said listen unless you guys come up with this amount of money in cash before the game the team's not playing tonight and of course they had sponsors and shit like that and like honest to god like from a mafia movie they came in with uh
0: bags <laughs> of money th- was, yeah okay we're in the third league so it wasn't it wasn't that much money, but it was yeah. enough to get everybody paid. Yeah.
1: So because the, the goal was to get everybody paid so that you only had a three-month gap when the team went bankrupt that the German government can pay for you. Yeah. So but yeah man. it's it's
0: interesting that with all that going on in your first couple of years in Germany, that you stuck her out this long. Like, because some people don't get paid their first year or two, and then they're like, Okay, this isn't for me. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No, for me though, like I mean I am um, so I had a German wife and actually going for that tryout that year before I went to Erfurt to land suit, I knew that if I went to land suits, I knew things would turn around. I knew I'd be getting my German pass. And once I got my German pass then.
0: And so you got your German pass after like four years. So that means you didn't get it through heritage. You got it through marriage.
1: You got through marriage. Yeah.
0: So you get rid of your Canadian then.
1: I did. Unfortunately, um, that was after, like I was. I met my wife uh, the second the second weekend I came to Germany. I told you my, my year in Sweden. Uh, like it was, um, I really had that feeling after my first year in Sweden that I really, really needed to calm down and settle down a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> was, and it was so stupid looking back on it now. But um, yeah, yeah. So after the year, we ended up getting married in Vegas. After my year in uh, in uh, in Duisburg, and then yeah, so then I got my pass right, you know, and then of course then Ingolstadt signed me with the German pass, but uh, yeah, that was a that was a bitter day, bitter. I shouldn't say it was a bitter day because I was happy, right? Because you know I went from you know making sixteen thousand euros, yeah, basically tripling my salary uh, just
0: by getting a passport
1: yeah and then jumping to the del so and then Um, then there's
0: another guy though that you probably didn't find with your research team that i know that you know and this is from your air for days steve pepe yeah he because he set up shop in beatingheim he was there like coaching the kids when i was there
1: steve Pepin was a good guy he like he had some good stories too did he ever like Steve Pepin told me a story about his first year in in Germany where, you know, you know, cause I was telling him about, you know, how, how rough it was my first year. And I guess he didn't have a washing machine. He couldn't speak. He couldn't speak German. He couldn't speak English. Right. Cause he's but, French, uh, but he was a pretty funny guy. Yeah. I I, I like Steve. Steve was a good, a good dude. Do you know it's a, it's
0: in, now? In, Oh, I, I don't know, but he was coaching like kids and, in- beatingheim when i was there or something right like he was in beatingheim and i knew him my whole four years there um but yeah it's uh all the hockey guys that get scattered around the world when they go to play hockey and then find love and then they're there for the rest of their lives is it's there's hockey guys everywhere yeah 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 Yeah. so
1: my hockey guys now are my so i've gotten like my i play golf now basically religiously and my hockey guys now are my are my golf guys although this coming weekend i'm gonna go hook up a few hockey guys in dusseldorf but uh
0: gosh sounds fun um,
1: yeah
0: i uh just plan trips to the shed and then it makes me feel like part of hockey again and i can continue on with normal family life and real world and all that fun stuff right yeah yeah exactly exactly so then you go to Landsuit, and what a spot that is. Did they yeah. have the duelt going on when you were there? That's like the uh, fair even, type deal.
1: But even better, that year I was there uh, was the summer of Landsuit or Hochzeit. Mm, really the one
0: that's that. only so many years, right?
1: Every fourth year is the Landsuit or Hochzeit. And that's where they set up, they basically set up stands through the Alstadt, through the downtown. And you go. That's the old there. town, so, folks,
0: the Alstadt.
1: And you 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 go on the bleachers and you drink beer. That's what you do,
0: right? I and, and I excel at that. I fit in in Germany.
1: <laughs> yeah, I wasn't too bad at it either, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, I mean, I like honest to god, that year in landsuit was amazing. I mean, I I heard
0: well, and you'd I been actually, through it a bit, it, right? Those first yeah. few years in Germany, you'd been through some money stuff. You've been playing in the third league. But then you get to Lanshut, and like that's a hockey town. And then you're kind of in the center of things in the third league, and your team's winning and you're having fun. And it's a, it's, a, and then you're with good dudes and it makes hockey fun. And I yeah. know exactly where you're coming from because that's what it did for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, that I I remember leaving Landsuit and Hammer and the boys were like, "You got to come to that one you're talking about, the one that's every four years." And he's like, "You won't believe it, <laughs> right?" Yeah, I mean,
1: lots of fun. Like, right? English was great too. I mean, you had guys in in Landsuit, the young Germans, and English uh, There's another cat that I just love hanging around with, even to this day. His name's Alexander Bolicek. He's actually now a a ref in the DEL, and this kid. I mean, the young Germans were always the funnest guys to hang around with. Yeah, like in Lanzu, it was it was Hindi and guys. And they they're and
0: still going all night, where the older fellows have their families and kids, and then yeah, you're a young import, crazy. and you're <laughs> like, I just want to go out and have some fun. Like, let's rock, right? Exactly. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, your Ingolstadt time. Um, watch your toes, i going to drop some names here for the small hockey world obviously mm-hmm. you had Gunther Oswald, Marco Sturm who's a landsuit suit fella yep. Anton Promiseberger yeah Duckfeet, he would always put the heels together and break yep. up two on ones Mikhail <laughs> Hackert, my centerman from Hellbron and Alexander Gense Sasha, they'd call him yeah, yeah.
1: so Mikhail Hackert one of the he's most talented players I ever played with.
0: He's a player. He was my centerman in Elbren.
1: Um, I always, like when I think back, like the years and years that I played in the in the DEL. when I think back, okay, some of the guys who you know maybe coulda woulda played in the NHL. He honestly, he's one of them. And I, he did sign in Detroit, but he, uh, I like for the German guys playing playing in the AHL. Why would you play in the AHL when you can play in the DEL, and you just can't? Can't stomach it out. You know another guy who's like that. Now, okay, I never played with him, but I played against him my last couple couple of years, and he's still playing now. Uh, a guy who plays in Düsseldorf is Philip
0: Gugula. Oh yeah, I know that um, name too. Just, but it's true though. It's <laughs> like it's hard to stick it out in the AHL when you're you could be making significantly less money than you would being at home in the DL. Better fans, better atmosphere. Um, Instead of grinding it out on a bus, um, for less money, just for the chance. And it's like, you only get so many years and for you to be the star in your home country seems like it'd be pretty fun too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Sasha Genza, um, really good player, really good guy. Actually, I played a little bit with him that year, that, that first year in the DEL. I played a little bit. So he that.
0: was the Alta Aya in Beatingheim when I played with him. Yeah. He was old balls, done in the DEL, about 42, 43, and he was just a good dude, worked hard, showed up every day and played hard, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly.
0: Um. But yeah, so Ingolstadt was good to you then, eh?
1: Awesome. Loved it. Actually, I had the, the last few years, we actually had a, uh, I had the opportunity. We had actually, uh, there was a, I guess the partner city for Ingolstadt is actually Moscow, if you can believe it. And a few years back, they arranged it uh, a home and home for Ingolstadt All-Stars against uh, the Moscow All-Stars. And so I wasn't good enough. I didn't make the uh, the home team, but actually for the road trip to Moscow, I made the I made the lineup. And that trip, my friend, was an absolute circus. Going to Moscow, you went to
0: for a road trip to Moscow with a team from Ingolstadt.
1: Old an old timers
0: team, yeah. Jeepers and creepers, that's gonna be an old timers trip to remember. They,
1: I remember being so that for every meal. We would get a shot of vodka, and that night before we played, I. The next day we had a game. At, I think like seven. It was like seven p.m. We played on the Saturday, and then on the Sunday, actually, we had a. They actually took us, and it's funny. They, they, we had like a VIP, um, trip through the Kremlin, Through the Kremlin, it was ridiculous. So those big doors when you see. Uh, um, by getting oh, I,
0: Moscow, you're going right into the real deal to check yeah, it all.
1: Out. You know, they took us through a you know a, a VIP tour of the of the Kremlin. So whenever you see, whenever I see um, old, old Vladimir going through those big doors and stuff, I'm like, I've been there. <laughs> I've been like, I've actually been in that room. Like me, me, I was actually in that room. But that that trip, um, I got so drunk the night before, I actually showed up. Um, I actually showed up for breakfast at seven a.m. and I actually, to be honest, I kind of regretted it because I, you know, you know, everything was all expense paid, and uh, I kind of took advantage of the situation. I kind of regret getting so drunk the night before, but I mean, it was a blast. To Moscow, Moscow. You was great.
0: Yeah, you can't, you can't regret that stuff. Those things happen. You just gotta, you work hard, you play hard, you see what happens, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. <laughs> Didn't I had a? uh a, like a, a couple of years later, there was actually um, a game. It was, it was, uh, it was called the Ingolstadt legends game. Again, I, I'm guessing probably 40 guys before me uh, probably said no. And eventually I got the call, but that was also cool. But it was basically with most of the guys from, from the team that won the championship because they did win the championship, I guess, five or six years later, um, they eventually won, won, won a championship. so it was with most of those guys. It wasn't that many guys from my era right
0: well winning is changes everything it changes everything for the history and like those are people they remember are the people that got her done right yeah 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 that's pretty neat you get to do all that shit though that's a lot more exciting than the old timers around here Yeah. (laughs) i mean it was like
1: english tattoo like you said was the perfect place for me because it wasn't uh like to be quite honest the way i lived and parted with with my teammates like i loved like not a super professional Kind of, like the way it is now, I don't think I could have ever played because it it's just I understand
0: I, I totally understand what you're saying and right now.
1: Like my um, I'll give you an example. We, we played in Ingolstadt that second year we were in the DEL. We actually overachieved. We actually ended up finishing second in, in the league standings and we we beat Nuremberg in the quarterfinals and we actually go to Berlin. And B- Berlin at the time were a juggernaut. And they we we basically knew they were gonna like that team in Berlin, right now in Berlin, like six, like five or six guys from that team, their numbers are up up, up in the rafters, right? Mm-hmm. But anyways, that year we so we, we play against Berlin in the semifinals. Of course, we're, we're down two-nothing. We go to back to Berlin in the third game. We're we're gonna lose. Like we know we're gonna lose, but every still it's a party atmosphere. And we had a doctor and We had a doctor at the time who also liked to get into it. And um, five minutes left to go in the game. We're down 5-1 in the third game. I had actually already booked flights to go to Miami two days later. Um, Fucking Sven Felski. high sticks me in the face, and I'm just gushing blood, gushing blood. Five minutes to go before the end of the season. We're down 5-1. So this young Berlin doctor runs out on the ice, takes me back to to the – you know, to the, to the medical room and, you know, he puts on his gloves, really professional, pull, pulls out the mask, is ready to stitch me up. And our doctor comes in and our doctor is in one shit face. Absolutely shit face. You know, he sees me there and he's like, uh, Brad, you're my guy. Who is this? I've got this. I'm going to take care oh, of you. Oh no. So the young Berlin doctor looks at me and he looks at our doctor and he's like, it's your call, you like what do you want to do? And I'm like,
0: That's my guy, yeah, like <laughs> that's your guy, you got to stick with your guy,
1: Oh, uh, yeah. So, my guy comes in, so I basically say, Nah, okay, it's all right, he'll take it. And he, the, the Berlin doctor sees what's going on, he's like, Are you sure? I'm sure, and the doctor. No, nope. pulls out a staple gun, and starts fucking stapling my face. Pack, pack, buck uh And he, <laughs> missed, he missed the cut, so he gave me he gave me two staples on the cut <laughs> and two staples on the side of my, on the side of my face. He just missed like, a bit. <laughs> yeah, like um, like just, just just it's an absolute circus, and I was like, oh man. And then a couple of days later, I flew to the U.S. and like they asked me at like uh, at the customs if I was a gang member because I just left it was so ridiculous. I had two staples here, staples a staple here, a staple here. It's like no,
0: no, just a hockey player in the wrong just, spot. Just
1: a hockey player, and my my doctor liked getting after
0: it a little bit. He liked he liked this rye oh man some of those so you did play a bunch in the third league and I always found it interesting some of the stories that could go on in Germany of like there are no doctors around there's no trainers there's no nobody that if something happens in practice there's nobody there to to help Um, it like it's almost like the feeling where man I'm in the coast it's like I'm in Germany you know it's like there can be some wild stories of what goes on. Right?
1: The Kabina Fest back in the third league were are nuts. Like looking back at some of the shit that that actually happened in some of the Kabina Fests I was in.
0: Kabina uh, Fests are fun, man.
1: Yeah, but like back in the third league, back in the day, like when I played, that would never ever ever happen now. Like guys would have went to jail. Like Literally
0: just taking it too far.
1: Taking it way, way, way too far. Way too far.
0: I found it interesting that there's a age bracket there. I would say it's before cell phones, social media, before any of that. There's a bunch, there's, there's an age group there that are more hesitant to come to the shed. And I and I'm not sure why, I'm not sure what they've done, but there's an age group there that get real nervous about set telling stories.
1: Yeah. Well to to be quite honest, when when uh when you when you called me, I started like
0: thinking what well, well, can
1: I tell that story? I don't
0: well, and then everybody's got to know where they're at and what they can tell now, right? And it's yeah, like for me now, I'm
1: single, but you know, right.
0: but you can't, you bad. don't throw anybody under the bus. You're a good it's teammate, bad. right? And it's just the way it is. And it, you tell your stories, and that's that's the shed, right? Yeah. yeah. That's how it all works, though, is um, everybody knows where they're at. Um, I've done a lot of these, and um, I have no editing team. Um, never really has it happened that I have to cut anything out because everybody knows where they're at. They know that people are going to. Listen, but they're just talking to me, and we're having fun, and then like everybody knows yeah. what we're doing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but yeah, things used to get way more carried away than they do now. <laughs>
1: I think what you do, Wally, is actually great. Like I, I really enjoy it Like I only came aware of your podcast like a couple weeks ago, and to be well, honest, I don't
0: have a marketing team, right? I just have Jake yeah. in Manchester, but that's but it. I saw, I saw,
1: I saw that you interviewed Hammer, and actually, another interesting interview was okay. Uh, Calvin Elfring and, and, and Teeple. So I I never played with uh, Elfi and I never played with Teeple. Like, but of course, in, in like I knew who they were. And actually, Elfring uh, more or less did the same thing I did. Like he started really down low. We played against each other when he was in Bad Idling, and it's funny. I never played with the guy, but because of, you know the German hockey is so small, we actually somehow, um, we're obviously not.
0: Best right but product. but but People you have uh you know each yeah. other and like it's like that's how this all works is like it's like when yeah. um we started chatting and it's like are you brent and i'm like yeah were you from those huskies and like we do remember each other you know like um that's it, the battles you go through they can get quite serious when it's a a, a series or when you're the top two dogs fighting it out to see who's the best. I mean, you don't forget that shit.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. That is true, my friend.
0: Just like Alex Levitt, that punk that would just follow me around and beat me in scoring in every league I played in. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for being around.
1: Le- Le- Levy was a guy, um, always tarps off, and I. And he
0: should him. be good for him.
1: Yeah, loved him actually. And him actually, I'll always remember too. His. His wife Lindsay, because they um but she was actually one of the only english wives who i can remember through the years who actually made sure that she was like okay i'm in germany i'm gonna to try to learn german and i mean at the time my wife uh, and myself really 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 respected that yeah and uh and then yeah, should, yeah. I, I mean i only played with levy uh two seasons was it maybe just one season?
0: Maybe it was just one season. Just the DL there. season.
1: Yeah, yeah. But I love the kid. Love oh him. yeah. He went to Houston after the season, and I'll talk to him. Maybe every couple of years, we'll uh, we'll chat. Because actually, yeah, like I mentioned earlier, me and Sean McNeil we went and visited him a, uh, a, a few years back. But uh, well, here's yeah, we here's one that
0: be. played on your team. Then, so we're just jumping around. We got to be done soon. I get back to the real world. Um, but. That year, you're in Castle. I'm in yeah. Um Both teams are great. The guy that led the league in scoring by a mile, um, I watched him play. I couldn't believe what I was watching. He didn't care if his team got scored on. He would literally cherry-pick, play offense, try and score. In the D zone, he would clearly not care. And they would go in and score, and he would just go to the bench like whatever. Then you guys signed him to the DL. He had 99 points or something that year in the second league. That Bartek, that guy, dominated the second league. And then I couldn't believe he went to the DL because I watched him play. He literally didn't care if his team got scored on. Did it improve when he went to the DL and had different coaches? Uh,
1: Smarty, Smarty Bartek, uh, uh, Rocket Wife. Got to give Smarty his out uh... of boy. Good work, kid. <laughs> He did well. Uh, yeah. actually, you know what? i got along with him.
0: I don't know why. He seemed like a guy I could get along with. But I just found him really humorous when, like, I'm yeah. playing for Lansuit. And oh, he's yeah. going to let the ice hockey god just go by him and score. And he's I mean, going to he be like, like, well, that's uh, not my fault. I don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get 99 points this year.
1: Yeah. Like, he, he was super talented, right? Oof. Slow back. Him, he, 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 I mean, you could see how just how strong and powerful he was um but yeah like he's a guy you look at him like that that he he probably should have been playing in the nhl like he was that good and that's if, if he
0: could put it all if he cared both ends of the ice
1: yeah yeah but like he, really he was liked, a player i, yeah, I mean absolutely. absolutely absolutely
0: um so i guess uh then yeah we got all the the castle stuff done with we don't need to talk about that anymore you guys are better the only guy we haven't talked about yet that i thought was the best face-off guy i ever saw in my hugo? life hugo hugo yeah. boiver um which would use a wooden stick and then just like he would he would be breaking people's sticks on face-offs all the time yeah um he won every good. face-off you couldn't beat him
1: so uh, as good offenses offensively as he was defensively. Um just a, a super, super good guy. Um his wife Kim and a
0: competitor.
1: His wife Kim also super um and actually to be quite honest with you, I'm so happy for them how it's worked out for them. Because I mean, he he's paid his dues. He played in he, you know, he coached in the second league as, a, as an assistant coach. And then, you know, he—I guess—he got to know uh, Joe Gibson Castle, who's also a really, really good dude. Um, and then he gets a shot to be the GM, and uh, um, really, really happy. He's done a really good job. And to be quite honest with you, that that guy—he's so as meticulous as he was as a player playing center in the second league, and also a great guy. I'd love to get after it. And
0: uh, oh, I could tell he was a guy—he was a gamer.
1: Yeah, love to get after it. Great guy. Um, he's as meticulous as that is. He's in his job now, and actually we had the, I had the opportunity to. So last year there was this. I was I told you this abschiedspiel from Michael Christ and uh, Manuel Klinga, and of course he was he was there as well, and uh, I ended up staying a night with uh, it was me McNeil, and Hugo, and yeah, we was we we got after reminiscing with the stories, but. His dog, his dog is, you come into his house and his dog has to have sex with your leg. And it is, it is nonstop. And
0: it just Tom it. just a horny dog.
1: He, the, the dog really, really
0: l- gets, l- likes to get after it, but that's, um, mm. Right. Among all the other things,
1: that's maybe the only weakness for Hugo is that he—that's that
0: his—that's his only flaw is that his dog his, likes to hump.
1: His, his dog Charlie, and they love Charlie,
0: dog, but Charlie
1: really likes to get after it. But. Right. Uh, Well, well, Charlie, your
0: old man could sure take face-offs, you know. (laughs) Holy moly. Just like you like to hump, that was him on a face-off, right? (laughs) Exactly. 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 It is interesting when you watch it, and then you get into like an actual series of hockey against a team, and every D-zone they'd put him out, and you're like, well, we can't win this face-off, so we better get ready to (laughs) forecheck.
1: Yeah, he's strong. I mean, as strong defensively as he was offensively, right? Yeah, I mean, well you really, really worked together with Sean McNeil. I mean, those two um those two were great. They played together for a long, long time. Really, really good
0: buddies, and uh it's good to be buddies um, with guys you run amok with it makes you better. Yeah, yeah, okay. Better keep going after Castle and the DL. You go to Herner or whatever, play with McNeil. Yeah, imagine yeah. there's some money there if McNeil's playing, but then to finish it off your last years in Duisburg and yep. you play with a fella that mucked it up with me in Beatingheim for about four games Alexander Selivanov
1: Selly so, yeah What it's a, a dude he of... is eh
0: Um
1: great guy hilarious hilarious um, Like I mean, that year we like that was a year where the goal was to move up to the second league and and uh, I, our coach was a bit of a – I mean, we were we were in the third league. Like, there was me, there was him. Anton Batter was there. And to be quite honest, I was kind of, you know, for my last year, I actually signed a two-year deal. I, I signed a two-year deal. It was supposed to be that year and one more year. Here. But the following year in the training camp – I could not stand the coach anymore. So I said, oh, my knee's hurting. Cause I ha- I did have the meniscus surgery. I said, and then I said, uh, check, please. I'm out of here. Like, I just could not deal with it. And I actually walked off the ice. My, like it was the second practice in the uh, next in year. Baldwin, and that was it. But anyways, yeah. Sally. So Sally com- comes to us like, uh because the coach was bitching and complaining. Cause he signed a little bit late that he didn't get an import to, to sign on his own. So he signed Salivana. Salivana comes to us. And um, of course, Sally, Everybody's expecting. Okay, Sally in the third. Like, I mean, the guy scored forty goals in the NHL. Although he's playing with Dougie Wade. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, Wally, you could have scored forty goals playing in the, playing in the, the NHL with Dougie Wade. But
0: ah, well, thank you, but I doubt that. But thank you. <laughs> I'll take also, it.
1: You know what? And you know what? Maybe I'm selling Sally short because Sally was actually unbelievable. I mean, he, he lost of years in the NHL. Great guy. But everybody thought, "Kitty, he's coming to us. We're gonna rip it up." And we go our first game. We played in in Dortmund, of all places, just a just an outdoor ring, just an absolute shithole. hole. The owner comes, and everybody's expecting some kind of big show from us because we were supposed to win the league. And we lose nine nothing. I'll always remember that because that was Sally's first game in Duisburg. But
0: was nine nothing.
1: It was nine nothing. Kind of uh, like my
0: first preseason game as a new coach when I still got a couple cuts left, and we go out and. Uh, well, we just pissed her down her leg and lost 7-1, right? Yeah.
1: But uh, Sully was a guy he wasn't afraid to – I mean, in in the third leg, it was kind but of like, – But, like, when
0: you think about it, that guy had millions of dollars. Um, he'd be over at China Broughton with me and Hammer, mixing it up, having beers. What a great guy. Hilarious. But, like, he had millions. Uh, and he was playing hockey because he enjoyed hockey and he was having fun. And you probably shouldn't bother getting in the way of that because he's going to go out and play hockey the way he wants to and enjoy it and have fun. And I thought he was a great player. I remember when we did a couple things in the neutral zone, like a couple dropbacks, a couple whatevers, and we were in sync and we knew what each other were doing. And then we got to the bench and Brittig was our coach and he goes, what the fuck was that don't ever do that again chip it out chip (laughs) it in and it was like and then we weren't allowed to play hockey anymore and then that he was on a tryout and then they didn't sign him because we played too much hockey a couple
1: shifts (laughs) i don't think that i don't think sally and muff would have really uh no i played with him as well in land but um yeah he was great though like and it was so much fun and like to get it and like just like I, I told you before, I love hearing stories, and I mean, he has a lot of them, right? And, he sure uh, does. <laughs> um, good dude. I actually texted with him. I want to say you now, maybe for three, three, four months ago, I texted with him.
0: Um, I, I should try and get him in the shed, eh? You should. That would be something. You should, yeah. Right. you know what's funny is people told me i was going to run out of guys if i kept going at the speed i was going i i actually disagree i think it's the opposite <laughs> yeah yeah because sure. shed guys know shed guys and just keeps on keeping on right yeah yeah no absolutely well i guess i better get back to the real world but um you got anything for me before we shut her down I don't think I have anything else. I mean, we went through everything. Um, I always say winners win. And um it's interesting we get to Europe and there's teams without money, teams with money, there's teams you sign up for you know you can't win with, but then there's the guys that get on those teams, and then you either win or you don't win. And uh well, you're a winner. I mean, you you've proven that and I I I think that's why you're still getting invited to the old-timers Germany games and why you're still a part of it. And um, it's uh, who you are and what you're about and the teammate you are. It sticks with you for a long time. I'm just starting to realize all that, you know?
1: Thanks, Wally. Uh, Yeah, if I'm going to say anything to you, if you're ever in Germany, uh, you always have a place to stay. You know, I've got a, my bachelor pad has a beer fridge and there's always, always Augustiner and i know outdoors. how
0: to drink those they just yeah. mess up my balance a bit you know <laughs> hammer yeah. nose
1: yeah
0: <laughs> uh but the other part about this i love is getting people reconnected and we can always do this again with some fellas that you've played with that i've played with and then all of a sudden we're all chatting and that's fun you know because fun yeah. is fun yeah
1: yeah no for sure yeah absolutely wow well. yeah thank you very much i think what you do is great i love your podcast and uh yeah i'm a fan wally
0: nice to well meet you. no thank you nice meeting you and uh you know what you guys did win and it happened and uh <laughs> it was tough but uh i did win the next year right deutsche you meister did. 2009 boom and this has been another episode of two Els and hockey tales with Mersey and wally Some people clap on the one and three Some people clap on the two and four Some people don't join at all Because they got no rhythm And that's all right Some people, they drink too much Some people don't drink enough Some people are just like me
1: I hope y'all forgive
0: me I'm like Scott, I'm, I'm like bands I'm like Keysight Towns and. Zan Bye. my